Books full of rats. See you later, everybody. Hello, citizens of the Imperium, and welcome back to a reluctantly hosted Horus Hour podcast. We've been advised by our legal team that due to promises we made to review this book, putting it in our rumour engine, we have no choice but to go through with it. But it's season four, and we're back. Uh, I'm your host, Singh. With me, as always, is my venerable sigilite, Varela. Varela, how you doing? Man, I don't want to be back. What is this book? I know, we have to get this one. We have to get this one out of the way. There's no other choice. The story has to progress. I didn't sign it, I swear. Help. You you gotta check the small print. Always check the small print before you sign up to to a podcast. But yeah, we're back. It's been a while, eh? It has been a while. I'm quite excited to be back. Yeah, I know I know a lot of people have been waiting on us, so it feels good to sort of deliver another episode in, oh, yeah. in a bangers only season. It is I I when we were doing Rumor Engine, when we pla we have all our seasons planned out basically already, apart from the short stories. And I knew I looked at season four when I planned it out, I was like, This is a bangers only season. Uh and I guess my opening question to you Despite the fact that the book is full of rats, is it, the first really heretic is it's a banger, right? It's pretty good, <sighs> but it's got it's got it's got a slight issue. It's full of rats. What can I say? Oh, okay, but if, well, yeah, but that but you know that's just for give and take. You've got to <laughs> ac- you've got to accept that the book is about rats. A whole legion of them. They are legion in this book, and but this is their story of just how they succumb to the cheese. Uh, if you, if one can call the gods of chaos cheese, so yeah, no, I've. I mean, this is also your first foray into the mind of Aaron Dembski Bowden, who is, for me, is. If we did a tier list, which I wouldn't really like to do, but let me just tell you, he's the second best, in my opinion, authors. He is the second best in in the Horus Heresy, with Abner is king, as we know. Um, so how did so how did you find the book? Did you find it a good read? You you were just saying before we started that it was a lot longer a book than you realised, which probably means you sort of were able to read it quite easily uh yeah i took a long time in terms of just you know straight j- just from start to finish like i took a long time because i wasn't reading as much it was a little bit sparse in the beginning but you know when i picked up speed it just kind of flew by instantly i i, I don't know i don't know how that happens with a book that big but it just did <laughs> Yeah, and it's a really big journey as well. You know, before we go into uh, our spoiler section, it's 
it's a it's a massive journey for the word bearers uh, in terms of distance and in time. It is basically their full. It's like a full catch up of. It is more or less basically a, a prequel to the Horace Heresy. Almost, I would say, it, it's the prequel because we know that it's a word bearer that masterminds Horace's fall to yeah, chaos. They, they definitely go places. They're also a lot more successful in taking a certain place than um, than a certain thirteen time failing champion. You know, the, ser- the serial loser. Yeah, but but somehow the biggest bad guy in forty k. Yeah, okay. That guy who wound, who mortally wounded Kalgar but didn't quite kill him. It's like, Kalgar's like, that's every other week for me, buddy. Every codex I get mortally wounded by something or other, and every other codex I come back stronger and with a bigger <laughs> model. That's basically how it works. Yeah, yeah, we'll have to talk about a certain planet. Although it didn't put up much of a fight, did it? But, um... Yeah, should we jump into? It felt really good. We did our Thursday ratings a little bit late, so that's my bad. But should we jump into them and have a see what people say? Yeah, let's go on to our, our Saturday okay. ratings. Or was it Friday ratings? Uh, Friday ratings, and we're recording on a Saturday. This is going <coughs> to come out a little bit later. Also, as always, I've got to forget, I, I always forget, but thank you to our Patreons who have made this series possible. Got Varela all his books. So, uh,. I, we appreciate you there's a video there's going to be a video coming out as you know we sort of tend to release our monthly videos at like the end of the month um, just because we need to find the right idea and then find the time and especially this month because we've both gone back to uni it's a bit of a uh, it's a bit it's been a bit difficult to get everything organised but we have got some ideas and they'll be coming to you uh, next week so oh, it's so good to see familiar names back in the uh in the Twitter replies, uh, Nick, always great to hear from you, Nick. He go, he will, he will start us off with our uh, Thursday ratings. I say in quotations. Uh, another ADB, which is obviously Aaron Dembski Bowden, masterpiece, and features one of the greatest characters of the Heresy, Argultal. The reader knows the fall of the word bearers is the conclusion, but the blasphemous journey to get there is a thing of terrible yearning and brutal sacrifice. Nine impaled custodies out of ten. Sad. Sad react to that. Um, but yeah, 100% agree. I think, you know, like uh, like a lot of the Horus the Heresy, it is a, it is, it's very much not about the destination, it's about the journey. But now they're in the Siege of Terror, so it's very much about the, uh, the destination. Um, Vassal of Ultramar. I give it a nine. I like that it showed... Uh, how everything began the emperor really needs to learn some restraint when showing his displeasure though he could have avoided a lot of trouble yeah we'll have to uh, we'll have to talk about Big E and what exactly if you think about it it could also be you should show a lot less restraint that would be the big brain move yeah I think that's what they said the emperor really needs to learn some restraint No, no 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 but I'm saying if he showed less restraint it would also have worked you know? Oh, I see. Yeah, that's my bad. That's my bad. We're recording in the morning, so my brain's still getting going. <laughs> that that is that's correct. Thank you, Vassal of Ultramar. The Heresy Lodge. Nice to hear from you guys. This bad boy is a nine. Third favourite of mine so far in the Heresy. 
true. I mean, we'll get onto our ratings in a minute, and I think it's definitely got to be up there in sort of a top three to five books for me. And uh, Peaky Twenty Seven, nice to see you again, big Dark Angel fan. Uh, really loved this book. It was great to see how the word bearers fell and how it started to set up the eventual heresy of Horus. Aaron is right up there as one of the best, in my opinion. 9.5 out of 10. Yeah, I mean, I agree with what everything that's being said there. It's like, it's probably the Horus Heresy's biggest prequel. There's a few that obviously take place before the heresy, um, establishing the legions, but this is probably the definitive, like, prequel um, about how the bad guys get set up. Um, and 9.5. But now we're hitting some big numbers now. Yeah, every time. And it's in the morning. Yayan Sipilensky goes with a 10 out of 10. One of my f- very favourite novels, not just in the Horus Heresy series, but of all time. That is tall order indeed. The characters were excellent and memorable. The redemption arc of the word bearers was well written. Interesting. Interesting that he goes with a redemption arc. Um, more like a... F- I guess... Is it a redemption arc, Varela? I mean, they pretend it is, right? Like, oh, we'll yeah. He has got redemption in quotation. He has got redemption yeah. in quotation. I must add. So, uh, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh, it really felt that it was part of a bigger story while being its own tale. Yeah, a hundred percent agree. Um, very much sort of establishing the uh, the cataclysmic events that are about to come. Leaky cheese. He just leaves us with ten Galvor back. Out of ten serrated sons. I mean, the Galvorback weren't looking so hot by the end of this novel. But uh, it's nice to see that there are ten of them still around somewhere. And it's in Leaky Cheese's uh, reviews. Don't think there are ten left by the end of a book. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's another ten out of ten. Um, even if the sons in, his, in here are not serrated. We'll have to get on to that with the people who make emojis. Um... Now, Darian Vorlick paints, he says, the parts where the word bearers are waking up after being in a warp, warp and making their way back to the fleet was very Event Horizon-esque. I want to re-listen to it just for that part alone. Also, them watching the custodies battle those automatons was really cool. Yes, I like that moment actually myself. When we get into the spoiler section, we'll have to talk about that a bit. Um, do you agree, Varela? I don't remember when the custodies fight some automatons, but I do like when they're, uh, you know. I just like custodies. Yeah, so I, I just I'm like simple custodies. Man. I mean, yeah, yeah. I see custodies, you know, thumbs up. <laughs> uh, Dylan, there's the also, irregular. Wait, also, mechanic also. this book is perfect. Okay, I might give it a ten. Hold up. Oh yeah, okay, well, that's just another <laughs> week, isn't it? Just another, just another rating session. Uh, Dylan, the the irregular, gives it a seven point five out of ten. Interesting. So, so we got some some variety, which is good. A good introduction to the word bearers, but felt like it jumped around a lot. Kind of made you feel the uh, that Biggie did the word bearers wrong, which I mean he did. Um, how much religion meant to Lorgar and how it's twisted him into what he is, with that rat Erebus's help as well. Yes, I hundred percent agree. There's too much of Erebus in this book, but I guess kind of a unavoidable. I mean, they should have just made a new character, to be honest. We could have just written Erebus out. Yeah, you know? just use Corferin, you know? Who needs Erebus? There's, there's no retcons in 40k. Listen, you know, we all know this. Um, 
Jim, hobby archivist, he drops, uh, but he agrees with uh, the irregular Dylan and drops a 7.5. Solid, a good intro into the word bearers. Interesting pilgrimage, but not a standout as some make it to be. Genuinely don't understand the ADB fangirling that goes on. Oh, fighting talk. Um, yes, Argyle Tyler's a great character, but one character doesn't make the book. Wordbearers and Lorgar, in particular, act far too much like whiny kids being told off by Dad. I'd go as far as to say Lorgar lacks the nuance Gavthorpe gave him in his Primark book. Um, I mean, I haven't read the Primark book. I think, personally, by the sounds of it, it sounds like perhaps going on to read the Primark book maybe makes this book not look as great because this book is sort of... Because they've taken the character in another direction in the Primark book. Um, and Argyltal is definitely a two-book journey character with Betrayer, which we cover later on in the series. Um, so I would... I understand your rating. Personally, as I said earlier, I think ADB is just one of the best to do it. And I didn't I hadn't read anything of his um before I came into the Horus Heresy. So you know, just in my experience, he is just a top writer and I hadn't really I wasn't aware of his reputation before I started. Um Munch. Hello Munch, how you doing mate? He uh, he drops a ten out of ten. Intro, my poor, I, he has mentioned before how much he likes Argyltal. So, intro's my poor boy Argyltal. Was a great first look at Custodes, and watching Lorgar dive headfirst into chaos was a lot of fun. A little heavy on the exposition, but it informs a lot of the Horus. The Horacy. Oh, I like that. New term. Ever, the Horacy in general, IMO. And, oh gosh. I've been rumbled as an impersonator, boys. The Emperor of Mankind 1.2 is in the chat. Uh, he drops a 10 out of 10 Ingefell needs artwork so lovely keeps it short and sweet what do you make of that one Varela? I, I kind of want to question why Ingefell needs artwork and at the same time I don't uh, yeah I'm scared it's always worrying when uh oh I don't know I mean you might be referencing how there isn't much artwork Ingefell is ugly they are um, there is artwork of of Ingefell not a very nice image. There uh, is. I'm scared again, but I'm my curiosity is getting the better of me. Yeah, it was in a. It's it, they're technically in an artwork of the vengeful spirit just before. It's meant to be just before they take uh, terror. It's got like everyone in it, inclu- including some characters you won't be aware of yet. So, but I've just linked to you. A picture of Ingefell. I think I found it before you did it. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Sad. Yeah. I do remember that Ingefell is described with a very distinct smell as well. If yeah. If I recall. Yeah. Um, Bro, what is that? So moving. Yeah. Thank you, Emperor of Mankind, for reminding me what an ugly and horrible character Ingefell is. <laughs> um, as we, we've got a couple more left. Um... Wendy Go Gaming drops a 10. It's simple. That's it. That's for tweet. Um, say no more, really. You're part of a Varela group now. Um, <laughs> and Sam says, what do we give heretics? A bolt round to the face, surely? Or not? I'm over here with Xenos at the minute anyway. Don't tell the Inquisition. 
Wait, what's well, the Inquisition? Yeah, well, is <laughs> we 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 don't know what that is yet. You wish to inquire? I don't know any one body, but just that, that handles inquiries. Um, no, we won't tell anyone, Sam. I'm not. I'm not paging my friends with the Sisters of Silence right now. I think you'll be okay. But there you go. There's our rate. There's the uh, Thursday Friday ratings. I mean, a tall order to to rate ourselves. Um, Varela, you're gonna have to go first. Is it a ten? I gotta go first. All right. All right. I gotta say, I really liked the book. It had a really slow start for me. It's got some really good characters, mainly Argyle Tall, right? I mean, that's just the best book by far. But the custodies are also portrayed in a really unique way that I really like, that I wasn't expecting. They're not like just automata, you know? They're actually people. So, I'm going to give it an 8.9 out of 10. 8.9 Zinches holding a fishing rod with some cheese at the end out of 10. Yeah. Wow. Well, I think this is going to be a first. Because Uh-oh. I said in this season, bangers only. I mean it. So it's for the first time, I think, I think, oh, more so. It's a 9.6. Damn. All right. I don't mess around. I don't mess around. And credit where credit is due. This book is mega. I think the the dynamic... I'm just looking at the cover right now because of a tweet. And it's just, you know... It, the cover is obviously the Gal Vorbach, uh in a melee with the custodies on the shattered surface of Istvan 5. And, it, you know... It, it, their journey, Argyltal and, in you know, spoiler, Realm's journey, uh, all are perfect for me. And it's purely because I'm basing it within... There, there, there are books coming that will top the 9.6. I am... Uh, and, yeah, this book is very high up for me. And I think it's... It's only right now we jump into the spoiler section to discuss Varela. Is that correct? Wait, 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 wait. So I'm looking at this um, at, at this image, the um, from the book, right? Yep. <laughs> Have you ever seen that video uh, titled "Why Do Things Keep Evolving into Crabs"? Because <laughs> that's the only no. thing I can think of. There's just that uh, guy with a massive claw, and he's red as quite well. Crab-like. They are very crab-like. I didn't notice that before. Yeah, true. True, true. But uh, I'm in university halls now. And it is 11 in the morning on a Saturday, which means everyone is asleep. So, Varela, can you take away it? Can you take the spoilers off? off, uh, The spoiler warning today? (coughs) Spoilers! Oh, God, that was terrible. All right. (laughs) Just as you that floats off into the abyss for all to hear we will now move on hopefully to the to never first heretics back. yeah hopefully they might get a reverb later on um wow okay so the first heretic you know we're, we're probably not going to cover every 
aspect but what we can do is we can try and focus on the main sort of topics of each part of a book and so obviously at the start a big part of our conversation has to be about monarchia and the emperor how the emperor handles it how Lorgar responds to it and how the rats begin to circle because Lorgar doesn't start this book a rat I will say that do you agree yeah yeah most definitely it's not his fault at first and then later into this part people just keep handing him cheese they're like here nibble on this Ooh, some brie Ooh, a nice bit of cheddar Lorgar have this and it, it slowly spirals from there. So, Monarchia. Varela, in the first place, is Monar- should Lorgar have built Monarchia up the way he had? I mean, obviously not. Monarchia so, is yeah. this massive clerical city that just goes like, Emperor do be God, though. You know? And that's just immediately a big no-no. It's got a bunch of monuments to, uh, to the Emperor and in terms of, like, religious stuff. And like it's got these big loudspeakers that just go like, "Yeah, you better praise the emperor, bro." Like that ain't cool. You know what I'm saying? Shouldn't be there. That's right. It's um, it's. I mean, I softballed you a little bit there, but it is completely um against the emperor's instructions, isn't it? Very clearly, he said, "I'm not a god. Don't tell anyone I'm a god, please. There are no real gods." And so what does what is Lorgar doing? He's going around uh, taking his sweet, sweet time with the Great Crusade. And every, uh, you know, every planet that he properly sets his mind to gets turned into this massive city. But Monarchia, he must have spent probably like, I don't even know, it might not say in the book, but it's suggested that I think he must have spent years building up Monarchia. Or at least have a leave behind force to build it up. Because... I think Monarchia is essentially the equivalent to Fulgrim's perfect city. And that, to him, it's perfect. And it's just like this massive city that he put his whole heart into, you know? Yeah. I, I guess it ends up having the same effect. I'm not sure if Fulgrim got really affected when the perfect city went down. But I'm guessing he did. Because it's a real blow to his ego. So I'm guessing the same thing happened to Lorgar in terms of just emotion, you know? Yes, yeah. So, you know, we have Cyrene uh, being basically, <laughs> I mean, there's an ultramarine out there. Do you reckon there was like, a... do you reckon like the ultramarines were watching in orbit, right, as the monarchy gets absolutely decimated on the emperor's orders? And there's one ultramarine, he's like, shit, I told a woman to look at that. I don't, <laughs> I don't think she should be looking at this because literally... Cyrene is there. She's like counter protest. She's like protesting, basically, the Ultramarines kicking everyone out of Monarchia, and the Ultramarines are like, "Ah, walk, walk away, and in two days' time, look to your city." Uh, basically, tells her to look directly at several nuclear explosions going off at once. Um, <laughs> so I wonder if there's some Ultramarine out there who was like, had this like, "Did I leave the stove on?" moment, and he was like, "Oh." Probably shouldn't have told that woman to look at this giant nuclear holocaust that we're creating. I mean, either that or he's dying of laughter, thinking of it, and, you know. Knowing the Ultramarines, it's probably laugh, sorry. him going like, oh god, what have I done? Uh, 
it's like theoretical. Don't look at no, uh, nuclear explosions. Practical. Probably shouldn't have told her to look at that nuclear explosion. I'd like to imagine is, he just goes up to like an onboard camera, right? And he just goes like enhance, and you just see Cyrene just covering her eyes, like, oh fuck! And he's like, oh god, what have I done? Oh no! Yeah. Oh wait, he's he just can't like say, oh god, what have I done? Hold up. Can't by, Bad choice yeah, of words. By Ultramar, it'd be like by Ultramar, or in the name of the five hundred worlds. What have I done? Just sort of rocking in a corner. <laughs> Zoom and enhance. Zoom and enhance. Blindness detected. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Ultramarines come in, they tear it up. And I think this book gives us an early insight into how the Ultramarines are at, sort of at their worst. You know, these very cold, um, not... I mean, they don't care. The Emperor ordered it. That's all that matters. Just get it done. And I think that's kind of like, when you think about the Horus Heresy, and we see it later on in the book as well, when uh, when they go, when they deploy to the that planet. Sorry, the name is escaping me. What's, a, what's the name of the planet they go to? Uh... Um, after, where they fight the, where they fight the sort of statue monsters. Statue monsters. Wait, yeah, where the Mechanicum help them. And the the uh, they like kind of. It's like the big first battle. Planet, isn't it? Yeah, I was just wondering if it had a name, but. Um, I mean, it probably does. I you see it there as well. You see it there as well. Lorgar is like, I'm okay. We're working for the Emperor still. Uh, kill everyone on that planet and even the custodians are like okay cool let's work it's kind of like it's the side of a great crusade that you don't really think too much about because you're too focused on the fact that this is meant to be the good times before the Horus Heresy but it kind of moments like Monarchia and the planet the word bearers go to in this book kind of remind you that oh yeah I mean a great crusade is not great is not so great if you're against them and especially if you if you go all out war against them, they will come and they will tear every you know memory. Anyone who resisted will be basically killed, and only the people who are begging on their knees not to be killed will be allowed to start a new planet. And they're probably going to ship a load of you know people from other planets in anyway to help sort of bury the memory that you ever rebelled in the first place. And so, yeah, you get this kind of colder look at the Ultramarines in Monarchia, sort of a glimpse into that side of the Great Crusade. But when the Emperor asks something to be done, it doesn't really matter how bad it is. They're just on it, you know? Yeah. I mean, that, that do be the Ultramarines, isn't it? Yeah, and then we'll do No No Fear later in the series and we'll all love them. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So... And then we, we do have a great it is a great bit of writing. The the when all when Lorgar and the Legion are out in out in the wasteland outside of Monarchia and the Ultramarines are there waiting and there's this uh you know, you get a, you get introdu- an introduction to Argotal, who is only a sort of humble captain as main characters go. He's only uh you know, a captain, is it the 5th company of the Serrated Sons? I think it's the 7th company. It's not seven. like it matters. Okay. 
Oh, I don't know. I'd, I'd be getting tweets. I, I would be getting tweets if I mess that up. <sighs> um, and we meet Zaphon as well, isn't it? The, yeah, the, the chaplain. The chaplain. The chaplain, and they're, they're having an interesting conversation. And it's like, man, can you imagine... Imagine if you had, like, Vox in, in school. That would have been so much easier. You know, you wouldn't get caught talking to each other. They're basically, that's basically what they're doing, isn't it? Everyone's, like, at attention, waiting for something to happen, and they're just all like, hey, man, what's up with this? Well, we blew up our city. That's not very cool. Yo, why am I blind from that golden light, bro? What the hell? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Lorgar's there, and it's, like, it's literally... um. It reminds me a lot of the scene from Revenge of the Sith in Star Wars where like Padme comes off a ship and tries to talk sense to Anakin. Uh, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and then that's literally Malkador. Um, and he just like, you know, there's a lot of dialogue I'm glassing over here, which is all really interesting and very well written and quite tense. And then, you know, ultimately, Lorgar just pimp slaps Malkador. And it was like, wow, okay, I don't think you should have done that. And Malkador's still kind of chill with it. Because he's basically like... It kind of feels like, as we go through the Horus Heresy, that Malkador is kind of like the parent that's... The, the mum who's actually there. The, the emperor is this distant father figure... But Malkador's kind of like the other father or a mum who is kind of there for them all. And he sort of knows what pushes Lorgar's button. So he's trying to keep keep calm. And does does, uh, does Gilliman slap back? No, I'm trying no, to remember. No, no, no. Is that way, later? That analogy you did a second ago, it's actually better than you think. Because Malkador shows up, right? So it's Padme. And then Gilliman shows up as Obi-Wan. So it's like perfect analogy right there. yeah. yeah. Because he gets mad. Let her go, You betrayed me. You brought him here. He kind of t- Obi Wan kind of talks. I would imagine Gilliman talks as well. Kind of very well spoken English accent. Whereas uh, the actor in question, Ewan McGregor, if you can guess by his name, is Scottish. Um. Yeah. No. No. You're absolutely. I was thinking more. It would be the Big E. The Big E shows up as Obi Wan. Because uh, Gilliman but, doesn't really react. He doesn't react, but he gets reacted upon, though. Because, uh, you know, Lorgar pimp slaps, um, pimp slaps my old bones. Wasn't very nice, by the way. Still hurts a little bit. Uh, and, and, then, <laughs> and then he just punches Gilliman in the face. Probably my favorite moment in the book, honestly. It's pretty oh, satisfying. Sake. Pretty satisfying. You're going just... to give no no fear a nine point something, and I'm going to be <laughs> smiling. I'm going to be smiling. Not gonna lie, when I read that he was bleeding off his nose and stuff, it was pretty good, pretty good. I liked it. Then he didn't um, even do anything to him. It's great. Yeah, I don't think Gilliman really cared, to be honest. He get he, he gets a lot worse. He gets given a he he gets handed a lot worse later in the series, and he still shrugs that off. So uh, this was nothing. Little little slap, basically. But yeah, I mean. When when the Emperor comes down, and it's just such an interesting dynamic between Lorgar and Big E, because it's, I think Lorgar 
might have the closest connection with the Emperor outside of Magnus, surely? Uh, I mean, not necessarily. I guess at a genetic level, kind of? Because Biggie is essentially just an older version of Lorgar. But in terms of like... Yeah, but in terms of love and, and actual care, and it's not reciprocated I, I think, anywhere. I think Horus and Sanguinius would probably be above anyways, because Horus was with the Emperor for a, a ton of time. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think... I don't think Sanguinius... Um, I don't think Sanguinius was like... Uh, as into the Emperor as... Magnus or Lorca. I don't think I don't think Horace is. If you look at Horace's character, it's kind of this. He's very he's very aware of his place and how he fits into the Emperor's plan. I think he understands that more than anyone, and then is turned away from that in the opening three books. Yeah, but the, uh, the reason for him understanding that is because they like the first. 50 years or whatever it was of the Great Crusade, they were actually together, because he was a Yeah, no, no, my point is, like, people who, you know, who feel closest to the Emperor, the Emperor doesn't feel close to any of them, I'm talking about which Primarchs feel like they have the strongest connection with the Emperor and Magnus, I would say is top, because Magnus and the Emperor find each other in the warp Yeah, very, they, they, they also communicate while he's still in the um, in the vat Yeah yeah. Exactly. So, so I would say Magnus is top on, on like feeling a personal connection towards the Emperor, um, and then Lorgar is second. Or, or you could even make an argument for Lorgar being first because it's he's so obsessed with his dad um, that that he goes on this big religious spree and converting all these worlds to try and impress. I've surely his father surely it's tried to impress and to spread what he perceives to be the truth that is that 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 his dad is a god and therefore he could be a god too. Yeah, but I, I, I think, think the fact that he worships as a worships him as a god kind of just goes to show that he doesn't think of his father as just a person, so he can't really connect with him on a personal level per se. He's just really, really into his dad in a weird way. Well, that's yeah. what I was, yeah, but that's still my point. That's, that's what I'm saying. Who, feel, you know, but which primer feels that connection? In terms of personal and, connection, though, I definitely rate it Magnus, Horus, and then either Sanguinius or Lorgar or something of the kind. I don't think I've read any dialogue about Sanguinius and the Emperor. Um, it's just my personal the, perception of it, yeah. but I might be wrong. Yeah, you are. No, it's your opinion. Yeah, it's your opinion. This, this is what's so great about this series is so spanning and there's so much fan stuff as well. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, the way that Lorgar sort of sinks to his knees uh, is after after everyone's left, right? After everyone's left, the Emperor obviously says, you're a punk. Very close to saying, like, you're no son of mine. But he is basically like, you know, it's not quite that far. He's like, you are seriously messed up. You need to stop with the god shit. It's pissing me off. And, you know, Lorgar is sort of, and everyone leaves, the Emperor's teleported away. I mean, it, it, it's also pretty cool to see um, 
because the big em- how the word bearers perceive the emperor, right? Because, as you've known probably from your wiki diving, he presents he is presented to to people as how they how it would best work for him that they perceive him. So for some people he's like an old man, for some people he's just this like big buff strong dude, for some people he is like goldeny, uh, and supposedly sisters of silence reckon. I think I read somewhere that they just see him as a bloke because they see through all this psychic. Because, uh, what's it called? Is it a null? Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're nulls, pariahs. There's a bunch of yeah. terms for him. So they... Uh, but the word bearers just see him as this just big, giant, golden... Basically. Which probably doesn't help this point, by the way. <laughs> no, because they they believe... You know, they believe he's a god. Yeah, I, yeah. so in a way, it kind of is backfiring for the Big E. But uh, it's, you know, they obviously, it just it just goes to show, doesn't it? I don't know if it's planned, but I think it works really well in the, in the, in how the Big E shapes up through the heresy that, that the word bearers see him as this just absolute weapon of light, basically. Of light. Light. And they are getting like blown all over the place. And then, uh, you know, the way he can just make a whole legion sink to its knees. I don't, you know, that is worth discussing in itself is just how, why would you do that? <laughs> why would you, if you're trying to convince someone you're not a God, one thing you probably definitely do not want to take away is their freedom of movement and thought in an instant because you've just convinced everyone like imagine if that happened today imagine if that happened you were like in the street and someone could do you know a big person of golden light appeared and was able to sink you to your knees be unfathomable and i think you would probably you would have no your brain would probably just turn to faith because you would have no concept of what's just happened and obviously Astartes. You just hear like a boom, like a teleportation boom. It's just a blob of golden light. You sink to your knees instinctively, just like bitch slaps you a little bit and tells you he's not a god and leaves. Again. Oh god. I'm not a god. I'm not a god and then just disappears as quickly as he comes. Could you yeah, yeah, you would not re- you wouldn't you know. Oh god. That's actually it's, just like what happened. It's just like someone on the street was just walking down the street. Guy just teleports down, slaps him a little bit. I'm not a god. He just disappears. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, even even for the Astartes, we've seen a lot. It's, I think it was quite rare. It's quite rare for, you know, for an Astartes to actually see the Emperor. And he's just, he does that. It just really, yeah, it's slightly counterintuitive to the, you know, Surely you would want to have made the word bearers perceive you as like a little old man or something. And been like, now, Sonny Jim Logger, you've got to stop telling people I'm a god. My god days are behind me. And then sort of, you've, he's got like, um, have you watched Up? Yeah. Like the Zimmer frame with the tennis ball. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I'm going to go back to bed now. And then teleports away. He's like, oh, my back. Yeah, as he teleports away, he just hears crack, <laughs> and he just goes like, oh, my back. Oh, God. That would have done a much better job. I mean, 
Biggie, if you ever need advice from a a, a nonny, I'm here because you're a perpetual. I mean, I don't know where he is at the moment. In in the 40k timeline, is he? He's just vibing somewhere, isn't he? In in like 2020, 2021, he's. I don't think he's weighed in yet. I think he waits for the world to blow up from in in nuclear war, and then he sort of rises up from the ashes. Where so right now he's. He He's in a cave in Tibet. Yeah, probably. He's just vibing. You know. Um, but, I mean, yeah. I mean, Monarchia... It, it breaks a part of Lorga. I mean, that moment where he sinks to his knees and he just roars um, is very ominous um, because you know that part of him, his way of life has just been taken away from him. And like a Jenga tower, sort of everything is either very precarious or, well, it basically does all fall down, doesn't it? It's, he, you know, and you have, you have his legion sort of whispering, Aurelian sort of like trying to reconcile with him, trying to do anything to get him back on track. Cause, cause I think when you're in a position like that, if you were in a medieval kingdom, say, to see your like king, broken or raving mad or something would completely shatter the morale because it's not like the case that you can go and get another king or another primarch you know so that was also interesting that dynamic the effect that Lorgar's state has on the on the legion oh god dude we've already spent 40 minutes on this first chapter <laughs> oh wow okay holy cow well we did all the ratings and stuff um okay but yeah so to just try and power through a little bit then the he goes back to his ship and that's when we see the rats gather isn't it the rats gather and they, they've they're not even circling now they're lunging to attack Corfair on an Erebus that was I think when people talk about exposition I think this is kind of what they're talking about a little bit isn't it like Corfair on very clearly exp- explaining exactly all the evil plotting that him and Erebus have been doing this whole time uh, leaving chaos worship basically. It's a true ratatouille uh, moment, you know what I'm saying? Like you just got Morgar, the regular guy, right? And then you just got some rat on his hair just pulling yeah, him, controlling him. Yeah, maybe he's got like pressure points on his head, given that Lorgar is very, most definitely bald. Uh, maybe he's just got sort of like acupressure points on the top of his head that Erebus sort of presses with his claws. Those are rune tattoos that are actually buttons. <laughs> the Lorgar the Lorgar 9000 is just Erebus Erebus is a rat inside a uh, inside Lorgar's head just controlling them around but yeah that, that moment is sort of where and he goes away doesn't he he says guys I've been writing this book I think given uh, the current situation I'm going to have to go back and rewrite a bit and so uh and so they go back. And also some stuff's happening with non-Primark characters. Cyrene's rescued by Argyltal, um, whose story we'll get into a little bit more as we move forward. So should we... Um, Just one last remark. You do gotta love how even in books, they still like to retcon stuff. Is that right? I mean, he's retconning the Book of Lord. Oh, he's retconning. Yeah, that's true. That's true. 2.0. 2.0 dev diaries yeah that was early access 
the Steam Early Access was the first one. Uh, we've made some changes based on consumer feedback. <laughs> and my dad. My dad. My dad, had like a, my, da- my dad had a look at my work and suggested some changes. Um, yeah. And we have a really cool sort of like flashback built in, don't we? Where we talk about... Uh, um, wait, what, am I jumping ahead too far here? With Argyltal watching the Custodes. Uh, I mean, no, the Custodes are introduced right after Monarchia. They're like, okay, well, you've been a bad boy. You now gotta take your cousins with you. They gotta watch you. Yeah. There is a part here, there is a part, though, where they go to a, they go to a planet as part of a Great Crusade, don't they? Because Lorgar's been locked up for a long time. And then they, they leave, Lorgar comes out, and he's like, we're gonna go and kill everyone on that planet. I Do you not remember this? I think that's later, though, because they go to cultures first, don't they? And they're like, Ooh, what's the meaning, oh, what's yeah. the meaning of all of this? Well, what is life, you know? That's right. Um, and what do they find? Talk me through it. Alright, alright. They go like, alright, boys. So we, like, overthrew this whole religious structure in, in our home planet of cultures to replace it by another religion because our primarch had dreams right well what if the primarch's dreams weren't about the new religion they were about the old religion and then they go like whoa dude that's like really deep have you seen the other cultures they got like really similar stuff oh my god they got it it's got to be real it's got to be real <laughs> what the hell Can you imagine just being an ordinary person like listening in on that conversation like maybe like the um the person taking the minutes like writing down what everyone's saying and they're just like, Are you telling me I went through a seven year brutal war uh, just to change against a religion, just to change it back to the original religion we were fighting to eradicate? Some, uh, some guardsman of our last rifle just overwatching the whole thing, just going like, what the hell? Oh, sh- <laughs> oh shit, here we go again. <laughs> yeah, uh, so there, from there we move on, don't we, to a... Uh, I mean, it's not really even that important part of a story, but you sort of see Lorgar uh, appearing to sort of follow his dad's new advice, being very aggressive and quick with the Great Crusades. They, you know, they, and you know, as part of a story, we can't touch too much on it. But it is a cool, it is a cool fight scene. And you, as someone said in their Thursday ratings, you watch, um, you watch uh, word bearers watching Custodes fight. And they're kind of like talking about the different fighting style, how the custodies uh, don't fight as a unit. They fight as a, a single as individual. individual. Yeah. They're, 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 and I believe the quote is, does it come from Argyltal? He, he says, they are warriors and we are soldiers. Um, basically, to paraphrase. But to me, it doesn't make much sense, that phrase, by the way, because it's like, you say they're not working as a unit, but it's very clear that they're working very closely together. It's like you 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 get moments where they're literally fighting back to back, and they're just like protecting each other. And I I, I don't get how you can see, oh, they're fighting on an individual level when they're very clearly you know not only aware of the others because they're they're custodians, yeah, but but also like working in tandem with them. They're, they're not like doing their own thing even though they technically are doing their own thing they're also working very closely as a team as well if you really think about it so i, I never really got that maybe i'm just dumb 
I think it's in a... First off, it is perhaps overthinking it a little bit. You're overthinking it a little bit. But it's also they're talking comparatively to themselves as Astartes. So it's like compared to Astartes who would have had like squads of guys all like working together all the way through an individual level up to a squad level and then higher to sort of defeat this enemy. Um, which you kind of see. I think that's the whole point, is you see them take on some of the, the, the creature that the custodies are fighting, um, especially later on, you know, and, and the word bearers are all working together and com- constant communication and, you know, using all the different organisations, whereas the custodies will just walk into a fight. And yeah, they're like, in it together. And in later books, it's not, you don't have, you just have a custod- a group of custodies. There is no set organisation for them. They are just led. They're not even like the most senior one. It'd be like, let's say there's a custodian called Carl, right? It'd be like, oh, Carl, Carl's group of custodians. But that could change at any time if Carl needs to go off and do something. The the custodians don't hold themselves to any organization uh, at a lower level. It's kind of just like at the higher level in terms of the 10,000. You sort of catch where I'm coming from. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, um, and and now I guess the the warriors to soldiers kind of thing is like the custodians are sort of almost performing art. Think of them like kind of think of like the Last Samurai, basically, isn't it? Have you watched the Last Samurai? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like the end of that film, you have soldiers versus warriors. You know, the soldiers. Um, if the soldiers later in the in the end of the battle, the soldiers are allowed to play out their tactics and work together to defeat the samurai but when when the samurai are able to get in amongst it with the you know the uh sort of westernized japanese military the they are much better and uh, and the japanese military sort of fall apart because of how skilled the samurai are it's kind of like that they just need jump packs bro just give them a couple jump packs you know last samurai would have ended a lot differently Yeah, some land raiders on that ridge line at the end instead of some Gatling guns. You got some assault cannons. Yeah, would have probably gone a little bit differently. No, no, no. Get, get, uh, get jump packs to the samurai, dude. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah, that would be cool. I think there are some custodies who have, like, some special Forge World units of custodies have jump packs. But uh, you must have liked this planet as well because it showed but some of the Mechanicum were allowed to join a Space Marine Legion, which must be kind of cool to see. Yeah, Incarnadine, the, bi- the big boy yeah. bot. He was just yeah. like, honorary member of the Legion. I mean, I, I obviously didn't find it very good that my, my boy, my boy, the robot, li- liked cheese. I don't like that. But, you know, he was He's pretty got cool. cheese. He's got, like, a DVD drive for cheese. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's like, perfect. cheese intake, just in, like, big, like, fucking arrows to look, like, pointing towards it. Insert engine. cheese. Yeah, insert, insert cheese, cheese here. here. <laughs> this way up. Uh, yeah, no, that, that was interesting. And you kind of had this awkward, this not-so-awkward moment with the custodians and Lorgar. Lorgar's like, mm, I want a private meeting with my legion, and the custodians are like, mm, well, your dad said no. And Lorgar's like, Our mm. dad said no. Uh, dad's in there and Lorgar's like mm, well everyone's pointing their guns at you now so you should probably leave or I'll kill you and the custodians are like wait what and then they look around and there's like thousands of word bearers all pointing their guns at these like 10 custodians and the custodians are like well, well even I can't beat that so I'm gonna leave because I want to not because you told me to 
and off they pop and that's sort of that planet summarised but uh, it shows sort of tension as Lorgar starts to divert away from how he was rapidly evolving and then where do you want to take us from here Varela? I mean I can see this is going to be a big episode it's it's going to be a big episode I will say that just because of the nature of of, of the book and how much there is to it and we've got we've got plenty of time we can go a bit over the hour um but i mean we can go a lot over the hour we can go for like an hour 20 i mean i do have a battery um, though okay it's well 27 minutes well more. you've got okay well you have eight minutes to cover the rest of the book to make it an hour yeah, i don't think it's happening okay where do you want to take us from here though so i can see Z- and... i can see zinch over there pull, pulling pulling the cheese closer to himself as I tried to grab it, uh, towards Kadia, ain't it? Kadia, yeah, that was, that was interesting. I felt that was a cool, um, not a throw back, a throw forward to sort of, and it makes a lot of sense really, doesn't it? Because basically, you know, we're sort of, we have to sort of just talk about the overall outcomes, really. We can't talk about the individual plot line by line, but to have Kadia in there, and for it to be basically a chaos worshipping world, you're like, okay, well that that doesn't make a lot of sense. It would, you know, what what would of this planet that is basically on the porch of the Eye of Terror? What would what would that have been like? It wouldn't always have been this bastion of the Imperial Imperium of Man. What would have been before that? And it turns out really freaky. <laughs> basically, it's a bunch of very scary people live there. Is what I found. Got a lot of warp going on. Yeah, and and some very dodgy stuff. Now, obviously, it ends. It it, it climaxes with um, a, a sacrifice to ascend Old Smelly um, to demonhood, so that she can guide Lorgar forward on the pilgrimage, and they're sacrificing people. And there's there's one spike left, and what and there's one custodies has gone down, hasn't he? Yeah, uh, he's, with got Lorgard, a, he's got a uh, sword through the back of his skull. Tell, yeah, and and there's this very good standoff with him and Lorgar, and it just makes me love custodies even more. Obviously, he dies, but it's like he did not care. He was like, I am gonna shoot you in the face or or arrest you right now. I don't care who you are. Our dad is the same dad, and he's given me a job. I'm gonna do that job. And Lorgar's like, the hell you are. And who actually kills him in the end? Is it Argyltal? Yeah, it's unfortunately Argyltal. After yeah. after Vendata, which was his name, was it be? <laughs> yeah. Just absolutely mercs three word bearers, including the serrated, cha- uh, the serrated son's chapter master, who uh, was called Delmas, if I could. But he just shreds him and then Argyltal just goes like uh just kind of puts a sword through the back of his skull as I've already said and then he looks down and he's like he's still alive what (laughs) oh yeah they they're in it's not too big a spoiler but in Master of Mankind um the custodies get some horrible injuries and fight through it very vividly described yeah custodies are champs dude that's because they've got such a big cone head that's what it's for <laughs> so they've got a little secondary brain at the top which can keep them alive while they heal their primary brain 
Could you imagine, like, um, like uh, Kasodi's gets decapitated and the head just starts, like, bouncing around going, like, this but a scratch wound, a uh, flesh wound. Damage. <laughs> yeah, they're like, um, Kai Mundi in Star Wars, dude, to keep doing Star Wars. He's got that big head with two brains. <laughs> He's super smart. But yes, you're right. And so then Old Smelly Demon takes the word bearers on a journey to into the Eye of Terror. And it's just... It was almost like you could think of it more as like dark comedy in a way because they're like, you know, the demon is, oh my God. And they're like, I love how they bring the demon onto um, uh, onto the bridge, yeah. onto the bridge and just immediately the human crew are all just vomiting and, <laughs> and are like, I got to get out of here because it's just so, the Ingefell is so disgusting, which I thought was kind of, yuck obviously which was the intention i'm sure from the author but then ingefell is like uh what does ingefell show them shows them uh she shows her she shows them planets in the uh in the yeah. terror also kudos to the shipmaster by the way like he looks ingefell straight in the eye and just like feels nauseous and that's it and just carries on what, what a champ. he probably yeah. eats he probably eats some weird food that allows them to she sorry damn bro it's always it's i i uh, that is a theme in aaron Debsky bowden books i don't damn bro i'm sorry guys i got that wrong uh, <laughs> wow sounds like you but, got some uh, deep-seated issues huh uh, no I, I should have known because a lot of um because there's another very uh popular shipmaster um that that adb writes in one of the upcoming books who is very cool and badass so yeah, I think I think Dembski Bones actually spoken on the issue of gender, about how, in the Imperium of Man, half of the men would be half of the men, half of the humans would be men and half would be women, and he writes his uh, he writes his books accordingly. Like if he has human characters that he need, he needs to give lines to, half of them will be men, half of them will be women. It makes a lot of sense. A very straightforward approach. So you're right, the shipmaster definitely eats some weird stuff to be comfortable with Ingefell just sitting next to them, just, uh, you know, excreting pus everywhere. But, um, yeah, I mean, what did you make of this whole fever dream? I- I'm going to have to run through it. I only got 20 minutes of battery left, dude. Uh, okay. So, essentially, they just go and look at um, Eldari Crone worlds, essentially, that are turned into demon worlds. Then they, yeah. they just go like, yeah, this was a huge civilization, and they just kind of had sex until a chaos god was born. And then look, look at all, look at the power, at the raw energy. This is this is yeah. what's gonna happen to you if you don't, you know, you're all gonna die if you don't just throw yourselves at us. Because the, they didn't accept Slanesh when she was born, so they all died. Like you gotta accept as well you can, and that kind of thing. As far as I was. I, I could read it. That that was essentially it, and it was just showing them. I, I think it's told more than shown later in the book that she actually shows them the future of mankind. Like she she, she does the same thing as Erebus does to Horus in the way that she shows uh, them that the Emperor gets interred in the Golden Throne, but goes like, Ah, yeah, this is what's gonna happen if you don't join us. You know? Yeah. Like, it's just gonna be decay and decadence, nothing else. 
Emperor kind of dead. But that's only if you don't join us. If you join us, he's just going to die and Horus is going to be sitting in that throne, you know? Uh, that, yeah, and then just goes, now break these things that make you safe. And the boy bear is <laughs> like, okay. It's like, this is a great idea. Let's go, everyone. Cause at this point, you know, when you get shown something as trippy as that, I think, you know, it's unfathomable and, and they just have to believe it because, you know, nothing in logical will ever help you deny it. And so, yeah, they, they you know, they basically all get demons latched onto them. This is how the Galvorbaka formed. They'll die. Um, they all do die. You're right. Um, very slowly. And, um, but they do. we do also get a very cool sequence of Argyltar gets to watch the... I believe it's only the traitor Primarchs um, getting smashed, you know, the pods. Uh, oh, yeah. He, he does see... He gets a. He gets to visit the gene labs. Um, yeah, um, everyone's going to that room. That's like not even a new. Thing. <laughs> it's not. It's that's old news at this point, surely. Yeah. So like, oh, and then he was in the gene labs when the storm happened. You and everyone else in the fucking Imperium of Man. You're psychic you know? sensitive. You just Horace, saw like Horace and Magnus are there. Like, hey, Argyll, how you doing? <laughs> well, we're just watching as well. It's like a little viewing platform. Could you imagine? It's like a cinema. The Emperor actually walking into the pod room and just going like, yo. What the hell are all these people it's doing just here? Like, it's just like it's this like, massive like, bodies. It's just fifty people there all watching, like wow, all taking pictures. It's a field trip, yeah. <laughs> it's a field trip. They all got like high vis bibs on, like kids. Uh, and uh, Erebus is walking around, you know, like with tour guides. They have like an umbrella or an umbrella so that you know where they are. He's like, "All right, now everyone, everyone, follow me to the realm of chaos." Um, yeah, and you see that poor Angron. I think Angron gets the um, like all the glass of the pod like smashes into his face. Poor guy. Yeah. So he's just up. He's upset from the get go. But yeah, they come. They come back in. Um. You know, they come back to reality, and I think they've been in there for like ages, haven't they? And they've like eaten. They like, didn't like eat the human crew. They ate the human crew and each other because. Uh... And each they, other, they like were there the for like seven months in their eyes. Yeah, yeah. I thought space marines didn't need to eat that much, but maybe you guess brothers get hungry. I think all the food uh, rotted. That's why, because warp. Ah, uh, okay, true. Not got any demon burgers. <laughs> Y'all want to give me some Be of like that never boring flesh? If Games Workshop started like a forty k themed uh, theme park. Then you could uh, go to all different like factions, restaurants. What would you get? Like Slaneshi fries, They're, like tentacle shaped fries. Oh, dude, I want to make a reference that nobody will understand. It's it's it. Nixings. Nixings. <laughs> We're getting Nixings. Oh, if you know, you know. But um, yeah, I mean, we're we're flying through it now. But oh, that was a horrible way for sort of to, to turn to chaos and you know it's it's never going to be a nice way to turn to chaos but Argyltal was actually a pretty he was a pretty switched on guy so only by being shown something infathomable would you be able to join something infathomable I think and you know he wasn't I don't think Argyltal would ever well I don't know I, I think Argyltal I think throughout this book it's really weird how normally he deals you know how uh, sort of non-fusty is about having a demon in him. He doesn't like freak out too much. 
with uh with with ram you gotta give me a minute keep the gents entertained but i don't have enough battery for this so i am gonna go outside grab the charger and just put it through the door all right oh okay no worries all right, all right go for it run i'll be right back boys. make haste um yeah i mean as i was saying before varela leaped out of his cupboard the the sort of character of Algoltal, if I'll speak to him a little bit, is very much almost cro- comes across as, as as a loyal, very loyal, but ultimately quite a sensible guy. And maybe with Raum entering uh, his body and sort of latching onto him, maybe the way why he feels so sort of, you know, uh, and he doesn't react too greatly to to realm is the the fact that realm is there sort of making it normality for him to have multiple multiple personality but maybe there is also the fact that he has he trusts lorgar and he never he, he never sort of crosses that point he's an interesting character because he never crosses that point where he's like this is wrong but at the same time he is not this massive overzealous character um which is just slavering at the at the mouth, waiting to commit heresy. So does he trust Lord Argo? Does he? That's sort of like Ram's job. Well, we'll have blood? to see. Him. We'll have to see in future books. <laughs> but you're you're back with us just in time for our favourite battle. How many more locks? Ten thousand, of course. It can only be Istvan five. Um, you know they've. They, the word bearers get news that Horus has betrayed the Emperor and they go to Isfahan 5 um, and do we have this moment uh, do we get a moment where Lorgar tells them exactly what's going to happen like we're going to betray them uh, I don't think we do it's just a lot of no, talk I think it's about like, it like the, the whole ship think... essentially knows about it but nobody's sure like why yeah. because they all go like oh yeah maybe the emperor does deserve it the little bastard destroyed my people yeah, I mean, what the hell I mean it's been 40 years I've just read here it's been 40 years since Argyltal came out of the Eye of Terror so in a way there's actually not too much exposition 40 years, that is basically the, the whole turn to chaos is in that 40 years. The Gal Vorbach come back with what Lorgar, I'm sure, was told everyone was a gift. Um, and, you know, the Gal Vorbach initially, I think, are, are just what the people who survive, that's what they're called. And um, there's not necessary, it's not, they're not like full demon or anything at that time. So then Lorgar spends the next 40 years saying these guys went into the Eye of Terror and they found something great and it's much better than the Imperium of Man. So now we're going to tell everyone about it. And and obviously that 40 years, Varela, you have to remember, is um, them sending chaplains to like every legion, forming the lodges, all the seeding of destruction happens in these 40 years, basically. Yeah, don't forget that Lorgar also goes into the Eye of Terror after... Uh, after the Gulf War back to Yeah. So he was like, I'll have what he saw like he saw like uh Argyltal like you know, 
body composition changing and he was like i'll have what he's having yeah, and he, he just, just he's like oh you have a second soul i want that what the hell why don't i get one what yeah hops on his jet bike and zooms into the eye of terror no he takes his whole ship obviously but uh yeah i mean we get isfan 5 again and perhaps one of the i think perhaps the best account of isfan 5 do you agree uh Maybe outside of Fulgrim? I mean, from the eyes of the word bearers, yeah. Because I, I think it depends on which legion you're thinking about. If you think about... I guess that's true. I guess that's true. If you've got a preferred legion that was at Isfan 5, there's... I don't think the Iron Warriors or Night Lords have their own... Or well, nor the Alpha... Well, the Alpha Legion kind of do, don't they, in uh, Deliverance Lost, when they're stealing faces. The Iron Hands, for example, also have one. The Salamanders and Raven Guard, I think, are the best in terms of just detail. I think the Word Bearers are best yeah, in terms the... of, like, grand-scale strategy. Because they're everywhere in the drop site. Like, while the other legions are holding specific angles, the, the Word Bearers are just everywhere at once. Yeah. So instead of, like, having... They also have a little bit of that close-up where they just go like, Ah, yes, they were, like, 100 meters away from me and I kind of just shot oh, their yeah. faces off. That moment was really sad. Yeah. With the raven, there's like a raven guard captain. It was Terizion, I, I remember his name. And he's like, oh, thank you for coming. I need some ammo, please. And some, probably some water. He's probably a bit dehydrated. <laughs> and he's like, wait, wh- why is the sad music playing? Why is the emotional music playing? And then it was Order 66, man. So many Star Wars parallels in this book. Yeah, it's literally yeah. just... Oh god, you you know Ayla Sakura when 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 she dies, like yeah. when turning around, it's literally just that. Oh no. Uh, more Kai Adimundi, in the in Kai Adimundi's making a lot of appearances. You know he at least um, like blocks a few rounds. You know, he dies with Ayla Sakura doesn't even know what happened. No, yeah, it's essentially She's... what happens to Terrigen specifically. He just goes like. Ah, uh, Terrigen, I Yeah. <laughs> at least he got to face his enemy, really. Yeah. Ayla is like on the turn. At least he looked him in the eye. It's it's really sad. Terrigen just goes like, "Ah, yes, brother, uh, you're here. Thank you." And then, Urgil Tal just like whispers into the fox, "I'm sorry." And the guy's like, "Wait, what do you say, brother?" Then just gets shot at uh, Hulk Hogan when he gets betrayed. Brother. 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 <laughs> Brother. Uh, and, uh, yeah. And, and obviously, Realm activates, tells him he's going to die in the shadow of great wings. What do you think that's all about? I I don't know. I guess Sanguinius is my first choice. Second one would be um, the bird. You, you know the bird? The, the, the guy that just goes like, Destiny! Dest- oh, um, what's he called? It's like, oh no. Uh, I, I want to I look it up. Greater Demons of Zinch. What? He's, uh. I, the only thing that's coming Lord into my head change. is Great Unclean. It's a Lord of, Lord of change. change. I could only get. I couldn't get Great Unclean one out of my head. Um, God, he's ugly. But, uh. Um, what do you mean? He's hot as hell. Bruh. <laughs> Sorry, I don't mean to body shame. <laughs> so, everyone's beautiful. Um, yeah, great wings. I mean, the Siege of Terror is going on right now, so maybe when we get there, we'll find out what happens to him. Great wings. Yeah, maybe he's just going to get absolutely punked by Sanguinius. That'd be pretty funny. You know, he's just having a normal time, and then Sanguinius just lops his head off. 
I don't know. We'll have to find out. Uh, so yeah, no, when we get in the throne room, it wasn't a guardsman that ran in. It was Arjil Tal just going like, "Wait, I, I take it back." And Singh when he just goes like, "Brad, you're a demon," <laughs> just kills him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everyone's there. Everyone's gonna be. Everyone was in the uh, the gene room, the Primarch room, and everyone's gonna be on the uh, Vengeful Spirit. There's gonna be like a big grandstand in the Vengeful Spirit's bridge. There's like ten thousand people there. <laughs> there was like a line waiting to be killed by either Horus or Sanguinius. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the the Galvorback, basically. You know, Leaky Cheese's probably favorite moment because I know he's a big fan of a Galvorback. You know, they turn into their final form, and just start decimating, uh, primarily Raven Guard. I think. Yeah, they really turn into uh, the Raven Guard ranks. Which I don't even I don't even know anymore. I just go. I just go book by book. Everyone is everywhere on Isfan Five as it stands, and it's kind of, it winds me up a little bit as a military history student, but at the same time, as someone who just enjoys good stories. And then, I mean, what's that? Kaka, kaka. Korax comes in, absolutely tears everyone a new one, man. I mean, like you know, if we did a, he'd probably go up a few steps if we did our Primark tier list that we did on Patreon. Um, again, after this book, right? Because he has he has a pretty good run. Yeah, he's just like you know he's got his talons right ahead of him in like a Superman pose, and then he's just got his wings and he's just scything people with his talons and wings at the same time, just flying really low, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And he's like moving faster than people can perceive him to move, and he absolutely smacks Lorgar apart. I think I sent you artwork of this once in like a reply in like a twitter thread you might have or something i don't remember it i can look it up but li- right right literally no no it's fine but it's literally you know he was gonna kill Lorgar if not for his evil twin brother basically as i like to think of it um comrade kiz i'd be completely okay with them uh revealing that the uh alpharis and omegon aren't the only twins and korax and kiz were twins. Uh, but it doesn't really have a lot of impact for 40k now because Kurz is dead, but um, he died in 40k, by the way, not spoilers for Horus Heresy. Uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was really cool. And it, wait, it kind of surprised me that Com- Oh, Shut wait, uh, Kurz, was it? Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. okay. No, nothing. Oh. I plead the fifth. Huh? Huh? What did you say? I, I didn't say anything. Did you say something? Ultramoons are the best. Huh? Not really. Uh, but yeah, Comrade Kurz going toe-to-toe with uh, Corvus Corax. I think Comrade Kurz was just feeling particularly sadistic and that gave him a lot of power. Um, uh, but that that was a really cool sort of throwdown. Lorgar got... Lorgar just gets absolutely punked in every Primark fight. Um, I mean, he does land and one you- hit. Uh, you gotta give him some kudos, you know? He's finding a guy that just fights, that's all he does, and he lands one hit. I mean, that's something, you know? He didn't even make he didn't even make Korax run away, man. Yeah, How was, good can he be? It was Kurz, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was all Kurz. Kurz saved his life. Uh, and I think Kurz is kind of like, oh, I just wanted to try and kill Korax. I didn't actually, you know, I mean, good for you that you're alive. <laughs> but, uh... Yo, next time uh, yeah. I might kill you. I don't know. 
and yeah and so where do we go from here i mean we sort of get to the end of the book now don't we with the custodies arriving late um as planned and they um i mean they just sort of they get really tilted i mean that's a cool sequence that i kind of forgot about until we went back through it for this episode was how easily like the custodies were able to you know they're, they're like working as what how many are there uh, there's four, four of, them. of them yeah and there's like there's a moment isn't there where they're hold- one of them's holding the corridor and is literally and like the human like marines basically like the human security on the ship he's just piling them up basically like 10 high and just filling the corridor with bodies one of his custodies yeah which i thought was scythran i think it is it's the guy that doesn't speak yeah and how did you feel about this you must have had to feel slightly torn to have two members of some well it's my favorite faction this is your favorite faction when it's like um aqualon's going to interrogate serene and potentially kill her and then he's like and this time he's like wait why is the boss music playing and then incarnadine just storms in from a dressing room or something and they just start throwing down I wonder where the other did, uh, three robots were, by the way. You know, like did they just not. Were they work? were they honorary? Was Incarmadine the only honorary robot? He, he was the only honorary word bearer. Yeah, but like probably, I think all of them were was, on board. Yeah, probably just vibing. Oh, <laughs> like, I actually they were. Um, I actually think I know sorry. because um, they, like uh, supposedly I think it was Argil Tal himself that told uh Xenu seventy three, aka the tech addict, to protect Cyrene. So I'm guessing yeah. he could only use like the Legion's resources, right? Not not his own like cybernetic. I think stuff. it's I think it's probably more of a case that he only trusted in Carmadine because it was an honorary legionary. Yeah. In some weird, I've, yeah, I think it's that. I don't think it's more what he was allowed to or whatnot. It was probably like in Carmadine, you're technically one of us. I trust you. You have to protect. Carmadine, I choose you. Choose you, basically. <laughs> And Carmadine used... I forget what weapons he had. He had a lot of weapons. I actually tried I mean, to... He killed I actually tried to search the classes of uh, most of the robots while I was reading, and I couldn't find anything on most of them. But he was like... He was a big boy. It was like a Conqueror class, right? Yeah, that's... Yeah, that's a big... That sounds big, doesn't it? It does but sound yeah, big. I mean, he fit... Uh, he basically took up the whole room. The, old, the whole second room, didn't he? And then sort of activated and came in. Uh, and kills the custodies, I believe. He does kill the custodies. But unfortunately, Cyrene is caught in the crossfire. Uh, well, not really. She's like brutally killed. But um, an Argyle tile shows up just in time. If we were playing video games, when me and Varela play video games, if like uh, if someone is like, say, we're playing like on a battlefield, if you're getting shot at and then you get killed by the guy and then I kill the guy we always tell each other just in time because we never save each other uh, that's kind of what happens here Argyltal arrives just in time uh, after Cyrene's croak, croaking basically and she passes away in his arms and then he just goes full tilt he goes full Anakin um, and like Argyl Realm as I, as I shall call them um he basically gets a few remaining Galvor back, doesn't he? Down to uh, down to the down planet to, again. 
down to the planet chasing the custodies. Can, can we talk um, for a second about how a human actually survived the custodies hit for more than like two seconds? Yeah, I think Aqualon was pretty kind on her because he was friends with Algaltal and she was his friend. So I think he kind of gave her as like a I've, merciful death. I think that made it worse I'd, though because that made it so he didn't just kill her outright. I think he wanted right. to send a message to Argyltal, you know? Oh, okay, yeah. I don't blame him. Yeah. As we say, as as you must always remember, the good guys aren't exactly, aren't even good guys in this story. There these are stories. no good guys. The good, there are no good guys, which is obviously the beauty of Warhammer is like, there's no good guys to pick. There's the main guys, but there's never the good guys. Um. Yeah, and I mean, we, we got a very cool sort of closing fight where the Gal Vorbeck, I think, and I think this is where the whole warrior and soldier thing is meant to, is meant to sort of show and sort of come full circle is um, the Gal Vorbeck perhaps fight a little bit more like a unit, which allows them to overwhelm the custodies. Whereas the custodies are sort of all trying to fight the Gal Vorbeck on their own. Yeah, it's um, kind of that uh, like prey-predator dynamic. It's like some a lion pack trying to surround a herd and the herd's gonna like fight each one is gonna fight on their own you know but yeah they're still all there that's right yeah yeah but, but in this and, case uh, it's more like it's i don't know like, like a honey badger and it's a bunch of elephants in the middle <laughs> at least he's yeah. got the attitude you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah and like um oh yeah so so aqualon doesn't die last even no, he doesn't. It's, He's um, actually the second one to, to die. What's the silent guy called again? It's uh, call it? Scythra, I believe, or, okay. or Synthra, something of the kind. Let me check. It's Scythran. And, there you go. Okay. And he uh, he kills Zaphon, who was basically just... He was a rat, you know, he was a chaplain in the word bearers. Big rat. Big big final play. Even even tells him how much he hates him. Honestly. Breaking his vow. Honestly, favorite moment. Of silence. Of like that, that, that oh, really? yeah i mean imagine right there's this guy that could definitely like kill two or three of them of the gulf war back on his own because he's the best of the custodies and the custodies all oh yeah well, we... one, right at least yeah and, and he could take down two or three of them but he hates this one guy so much that that he he, <laughs> he throws his only weapon he's like He's like, this is how much I hate you. I'm willing to just die to make sure you die. Yeah, I, it's just so it's... good. Because I hated the guy too. Screw Zaphon, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I was so happy Zaphon. as hell. I had like a big ass smile across my face. Just like Scythran did. And the fact that <laughs> the fact that he actually not only was smiling as he got torn to pieces, but actually went like, you know what? This is as good a time as any to just say screw my silence vouch just so I can tell this guy that I just killed that I always hated him. Like <laughs> always hated him. Yeah, I think we share the, the same character. Uh, you know, or in a way, I re- my favorite moment was the sort of the whole sequence with um, in Carmadine, then the sort of attack, the sort of custodies mission uh, on the ship because it just showed how good they are. And so did and so did your favorite moment, of course, because he's he could have maybe stood a chance if he'd actually tried to do it properly. But instead, he was like, "I don't want to. I don't want to potentially die to any of the other ones." Uh, 
if they get lucky or if they just all jump on me at the same time. So I've got to make sure that Zaphan dies. Yeah. Look him in the eye, say, fuck you, and throw that bitch and yeet it. Yeah, I mean... And then the book ends with the word bear is going to Kalf. Wonder what they're going to get up to there. Damn, probably only good things, you know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a little, little bit of a slap on a, you know, a little pat on the back, Gulliman, you know. Yeah. A little, little bit of hug, a little bit of, you know, a little bit of reunification. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Be like, it's okay, man. We forgive you. We forgive you, man. Monaco, Monaco, what? It's all in the past, man. But you, you say you feel a stabbing sensation in your back. I don't know what you're talking about. It's just a hug, bro. That's just my, that's my love. Yeah, it's just my god, you is... know. It's kind of cold. It's metal. <laughs> A little bit sharp but at they, times, you know. <laughs> That's probably nothing. Probably nothing. But there you go. That was, I mean, that was, that was the first heretic. I mean, yeah, we spent a lot of time at the start talking about Monarchia, and obviously we wanted to go for everyone's ratings. And uh, I'm actually really happy about this artist episode because it was kind of almost a warm up again for us, really. Warm up episode because it's been been a, we've had a big break over the summer, and. Uh, but I really enjoyed getting. I really enjoyed getting back into it. I think the book is so dense with stuff that there was no way we were ever going to be able to look at anything. I think we had to always get to our favorite moments from each part, and I'm glad we did that. And yeah, uh, I think if you know if a word bearer is a rat, what does that make Sifrin? Like a cat? What what kills rats a lot? Cats kill is, rats a lot. Yeah, but or like a bird of prey or something like a hawk. Maybe something cooler than a cat. Well, what about what about just an eagle? Because you know he's got the eagle on his armor and stuff. An eagle, an eagle, yeah. And you got to remember, Rather Argletal Realm says they're gonna die in the shadow of great wings. So. And before it's actually the great devourer. I'm looking at a, I'm looking at a camera that doesn't exist right now. Sort of <laughs> pulling a. Oh no. Face. Oh no. But, he uh, knows. There you go, and so. We'll round the episode off. I just want to say big thank you for everyone for coming back. Wait, wait, wait. No rapid fire series. round? What is this? No. I think we've covered everything. Uh, Go on, I'll give you right, one. Right. Wait, just one thing? Well, you already said you had a favourite moment. Uh, yeah, yeah that's true, done it. but you know, there's a couple other things. Okay. Three things. One sentence each. Okay, okay, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to summarise one, one sentence. with a question, alright? What do you You're think... You're using your sentence. What do you think, Cyrene... Uh, meant to end up that message with which message the the last message the one she was typing as she was wrenched from her well essentially computer by the custodian. Uh, help me obi-wan kenobi you're my only hope. <laughs> okay well that, don't think that was it but sure all right what do you think as she said uh i don't know i, th- I think it was something like i remember the last three uh four letters were T-H-E-R and that was it I don't remember exactly what the message said anymore I'm gonna be honest but it was like really heartfelt and like maybe she was trying to she misspelled threat no 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 cause she was she knew she was gonna die she was like doing like the last message to Arjil Tal oh she's dead is yeah, she yeah she, she well no she's not she's not dead anymore she's dead when Arjil Tal reads it and she re- he reads mm-hmm. it like 50 times a day, apparently. He's, like, obsessed with that that data slate. Yeah, it's pretty crazy she's dead. Bro. Don't expect her to come back anytime soon. She ain't dead, she's just blind, what? 
She ain't dead. She was <laughs> was, just, was that like a, a, a ship medic coming to Argyltal? He's like, she's dead, my lord. He's like, no, no, she's not dead. She's just blind. She just can't see. Bro, just because you're waving your hand in front of her and she ain't responding, don't, don't matter. She's blind, bro. Come on. She's blind. <laughs> okay, second thing. Okay, second thing. What, what can I say? Uh, I really like the approach of the Remembrancers to Deeper Fundus. It's like completely okay. meaningless, but uh, when um, when the Remembrancer guy, whose name I don't remember, it's like something, something, something. <laughs> I completely yeah. forgot. I know, but I know the one you're yeah. on about, Mister Something. Yeah, something. Mister Something yeah. Something. You know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh yeah, he's a friend of mine. Yeah, buddy of mine. Uh, buddy of mine. When he just takes a picture of Deeper Fundus, and everybody goes like, "Whoa, this is actually really cool." Even Argel Tall goes like. Really like this picture. My my vessel looking fine. You know what I'm saying? It was pretty pretty cool. Uh, and one more moment. Um, let's see. Oh, when they killed the the fat queen, I thought that was pretty cool. Like, uh, the, the last of the guards, like split in half because the the captain just goes like, if you want to leave, you can leave because they're they're currently stunned. I don't know what's going on, but they're all on the floor kind of screaming. So if you want to leave, you can leave, but you're you're a goddamn coward if you do. I won't blame you. I mean, I I do be pissing myself right now. What the hell is going on, you know? But they're still kind of cow- cowardly. I, I don't know. And then they just kind of... I don't know why. They, they could have just charged the Astartes. It wouldn't have done anything, but they couldn't charge the Astartes while they were down. But for some reason, they waited for them to get back up. To then get completely annihilated. Uh... That's right. And then we get that image of the the queen going like, "Oh, you gotta leave my planet!" As these massive men go like, "Yeah, you're about to die," and she's like, "No, you gotta leave. You gotta leave, bro. Please, <laughs> please, please, just please just leave us alone, bro. I, I, I'm just chilling here, having my cake. You know what I'm saying? I'm the psycho just... pump. <laughs> and then just." just vibing with my apple crumble <laughs> just vibing with my royal guard who hate my absolute guts you gotta leave oh there you go yeah it's a pretty cool moment where just a baseline human that doesn't even have the tech to kill an astartes just stands his ground while half of his friends is just kind of bolt which doesn't matter they're gonna die anyways so yeah there you go oh good i'm, I'm glad you there's i mean there's so many moments in this book I think we we definitely hit all the best ones. Um, I mean, ADB doesn't give an opinion on the Morlock Terminator situation because it's a different part of the battle. But he didn't say that there were less than 10,000, so there you go. Yeah. Seeing as we're coming up on Legion, I'm willing to say that there were 10,001. we got to count that one Alpha Legion that already, you know, infiltrated. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's definitely some Legion. Yeah, oh, man. Next week is Legion. Oh god! Right, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to, really streamline the episode. I think because there's so much going on in that book that we've got to try and keep up with. It's like a detective novel. Probably. But anyway, I just want to put out a disclaimer. Probably not next week. Week probably in two weeks. Okay, no, no worries. No worries. We'll make them wait for it. Yeah, we it's got gonna to, be good. We got to build up the hype. Oh, uh, we'll do a short story. We'll do a short story if you're about. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 we'll find a short story. Anyway, um, on that note, Man United are about to kick off, so it is goodbye 
from me and from Varela. I'll see you. Bye now.